efendim. Good morning, good afternoon, uh, good evening. I know, good morning for you. I'm so sorry. No, that's fine. It's 5am where you are. It's 10pm yes. where I am. Sunday night. Yeah. Sunday, Sunday morning. morning. <laughs> mm-hmm. People wake up for church, all right? This time, this time I'm waking up for life. And it's a bell, you know, you see? You need to go to I'm church. Sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Nothing>. mm, nah. <laughs> all love. It's all love. Ah, let's done it. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Rora. And uh, congratulations thank you, thank you. on being our first guest. Official. I know, right? Yeah. I know. Like, I'm glad to be here. No, for honestly, I know we spoke, uh, but I'm glad to be here. And, you know, um, just share my experiences, my, a little bit of my knowledge. And yep. learn learn from you guys too, from others that are inside the page, and that are you know the people that are live with us today. So I'm glad to be here. Um, I'm really really happy to have you. But before I start, do you want to introduce yourself to everybody? Do you want to tell everyone your name and what yeah. you do? Okay. Uh, so my name is Wendy Morgan Breen. Uh, I live in, in the I live in the states, uh, Washington State, Seattle, Washington. I'm a personal trainer, and I'm also I work with uh, mentally disabled uh, adults. And you know, I, gym is my second home. I love gym, so obsessed with gym. So like yeah. I'm a health uh, freak. So uh, besides that, uh, I'm a diaspora. Like uh, most of us. Yep. <clears throat> but uh, you know, as we go, f- uh, I think further we would find out more about me, because yeah. I think uh, there is a little bit twist. So yeah, we'll find out as we go. So uh, I guess that would be it for me. Perfect. Um, so if everybody, um, for everybody that's joining us today, this is our second show with um, Rora. And our guest today, we're going to be discussing the topic that we'll be talking about today is about moving to a different country and the challenges that we face and how we overcome it and how um, it has affected us as an individual moving to a different country, especially moving to a different country, being a young person to move to a different place. So I'm going to ask um, a few questions, but we're going to discuss it. It's not going to be a question and answer. Um, if you guys have any questions that you want to ask at the end, that you want us to discuss about, or you guys want to ask one at the end, you guys can drop it in the question box below, and then we can we will have about ten minutes at the end, and then we can have a question and answer for you guys as well. So without further ado, Wyndham, um, do you remember the feeling that you had? You know, like when you were told, "Oh, you're gonna go to you America." Go to America? Yeah, yes. do you remember that feeling, getting ready and all yes. that? Yes. What yes. was that feeling I'm, like? I think that was the best feeling, to be honest. I, yeah. I like to me that was the best feeling, given the, you know, not to go too much out of subject, but where I yeah. was in life back then. Yeah. You know, I was I was about, you know, because the process took about a year, so I was about nine, ten. So I was I was excited. I was in a place where everybody was leaving consistently. Yeah. 
So I wasn't in just a random place. Oh, when are you gonna go? No, it wasn't like that. That's like, you know, get ready, your turn. It's like by turn almost. Yeah. So my turn was there. So I was so excited. Like yeah. I was ready to leave. So it was like, yeah. you know, the next, like I thought like how life is going to be. Mm-hmm. Right the minute when I heard I was leaving, <laughs> yeah. I already imagined what life is going to be. The kind of already, a picture you... was a, yeah? yes a picture was already yeah. stuck <laughs> so it was like you know it was one of the greatest uh, feelings to per se yeah. you know like, yeah you know life um, has its own thing i think everybody could relate to that um i had the same feeling as well um i wasn't kind of like i've always wanted to leave ethiopia i never wanted to be in addis like i just wanted to move out so DC was my dream place to be when I was a kid growing up for some unknown reason. Um, so that moment to me, I was about to leave. There was a bit of a drama going on, but I, I literally cried nonstop for two weeks. I was not happy at the end, even though I was there, I'm about to leave. I, nobody could stop me crying for two weeks. I was bawling my eyes out. I was just like- Were you sad to leave? I was sad to leave when the time came. I just like, not now, not now, just a little bit more time. But I still remember that feeling. Like it gives me goosebumps every time I think about it. But, but before then, that feeling I had was like, I'm going to go, all the burgers I'm going to eat, all the, the buildings I'm going to see, all that excitement, oh, all this Faranja I'm going to be meeting, you know? All that excitement, I could never forget. I think that is something that everybody can relate. It's very relatable. Yeah, I, no, that is like the imagination, I think. Like what most of us as children, like, you know, as kids, we had that. Like, yeah, we didn't expect, you know, tribulation, struggle or anything. No, just, no, America, no, no. You know, for us, America was like the sweetest, you know. Even you remember like... Uh, uh, what was it called? America check ayalu What was the <laughs> yes. name of it? Yes, yes. I literally um, thought, oh my god! I literally oh. thought that was real. America check abeta cho misara bazana berinas like. Yes. Oh my god! I forgot what's the name. What's of the it? English like? Yeah, like there's. Uh, it's a, oh my gosh! Can somebody say it here, please? I forgot the name too. America, I don't know what it's called in English. Somebody say it, please. No, there, yeah, there is like, oh gosh, it's not like it has nothing to do with Chica, the name even itself. Yep, I know. That's like, um, I swear. They use it to seal. <laughs> yeah, to put um, the Lamale. And now I, I used know. to think, you know, that's how the house was made, houses was made, and stuff like, Play-Doh. you know, I'm Someone not, yeah, Play Doh, yes. Yeah, yes. Play Doh, you know, yes. Yeah. And that's what I, I used to think, like, you know, that's what we're going to play with and all that stuff. Like, yeah. nothing. I come here. was a different yeah. story. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask next. What was your impression once you landed to America? What was your impression? Like, what was, you, what was going through your mind? Uh, it hit, like, as far as I like, you know, as far as I remember, like, and I'm trying to remember really clearly, and I do remember, to, to be honest, I remember very clearly. And uh, uh, I landed in DC. At the time, uh, my parents were in uh, Virginia. Mm-hmm. So we landed in DC. 
and it was good until you know we got our luggage you know i'm still excited i'm still hyped and it's not the minute i walk out it was winter Oof. if anybody that lives in dc is live on this show, I've been I've been in New York in that, winter and I did not like it. Yeah, Mm-mm. and the minute I like you know we I literally left op- like you know how the door opens automatically and mm-hmm. I go out I see the snow and and I was on, like with the t-shirt and my mom kept saying you know oh you need to uh, you need to put it on you need to put on your uh, jacket I'm like ah. Like you know, I, I'm, I lived in Africa. I'm thinking it's going to be a little bit hot, right? Mm-hmm. But as the other, it's literally the opposite. Yeah. And I see. Like, I I grabbed the snow, right? And I start eating it. You know, we used to eat uh, the hails in Ethiopia. That's yeah. what I thought. And this thing start melting in my uh, mouth. I'm like, hell yeah, and <laughs> grab it. And my mom started freaking out. No, 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 no. Then I started getting cold. Yeah. I was like, I can't live here. Yeah. I say, mom, I can't live here. No. Yeah. But it's still like, you know, since that excitement was in there, like, it was okay. And yeah. then, yeah, we got there. I got here like at night. So it was still like, you know, there was nothing I was going to do or anything. It's just going straight home and sleep. Right. So when we got home, you know, I saw my little sister. Uh, um, I had a little, uh, like, I have a little sister. But then she was very, very little. I think she was about three. So when I saw her, you know, another Ethiopian, Marahava, I'm good. <laughs> so, you know, she was up, you know, waiting for me. They were excited. Um, and um, we went to bed. And the next day, they took me to McDonald's. You know, this is the first, uh, you know, hoi hoi. Yeah. Yeah. I tasted that. I was like, no said no 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 i'm not eating this <laughs> it just nothing made sense to me after that that was like my first uh slap on the face on the face basically so you so didn't like sm- the burger what was the no, reason i did not like the burger at no. all let me give you a story back why a lot of people yeah. think i was gonna get excited i never had a burger before then okay that explains yep. so i never had it a burger like give me kita baro allo kita kasatashi mi baral burger you know i rather you know should let over now and i'm okay yeah again you know burger and meat tedarar over now fries on bello didn't you know yeah it's not got allo yes but it's tabasum yon tabal but as far as the burger i said no i'm not eating yes and they gamat kuch and then it was too big but then yes. it just like the grease and it just to me it wasn't a no no but yeah, then it was like it kind of exaggerated as well it's, it's exaggerated like not you know free will no like whether you get uh you gain weight or not it's not their business that was it like Then like you know I kept thinking because throughout the day like I saw my mom that first day I saw my mom cooking and stuff yeah. and I have to be honest uh I was lucky enough that my mom knew how to cook doro She knew trouble was coming if she like didn't learn like you know she went on you like yeah. but she was previously 
uh, back home, so she knew how to cook. Yeah. So like she was like, you know, she was trying. Yeah. And you know, I, I like you know, I, I was outside, coming inside, playing, and I had that smell, like that familiar yeah. smell, like a holiday smell. Yeah. But it wasn't even holiday. Yep. <laughs> but like yep. I was yep. like, man. I started, I said, mom, and she's like, yeah, I'm making you dough. I'm like, hell yeah, this is what I'm talking about. No, you're making me feel like I'm home. But that, that, yeah, that was the, you know, I would say that whole first experience of the United States. So I had like before, and this is before I went to, I started going to school. Uh, But this one was like where I kind of had an idea travel was coming. Mm -hmm. Like even though I was young, I knew it was coming. But just like there's, there was no any other options. Mm-hmm. So it was like you just keep okay, you know. That's how we're gonna keep it. But it kind of gave me a hint, almost a you know how it's going to. Straight away, yeah. 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 I think I had the the same kind of experience um, with us. There was no Habisha people here in Sydney at all. Like if you want to see a Habisha people, you gotta travel probably forty five minutes. Or something for someone to see you and um, being refugees here at the the first month you you have a caseworker that looks after you the whole month that does yeah. everything for you that takes you everywhere and everything and I had a little bit of better English than everybody so I'm like I know everything so we for you it was you came in the middle of winter for us it was in the middle of summer and Australia oh, summer for everyone that knows it it gets really hot like it can reach up to 47 degrees like it gets really extremely hot that is when we came here that was a shock like and at the same time i wanted to try every food i was the opposite of you i was like the for my family they see something they're like let nazi try it if I like it, they will eat it. If I don't like it, they won't eat it. Literally, that's what I used to do. I'm like, I see it, I'll try it. I'm like, nah, I like it or not. Okay. So that was my first thing is like trying foods because I just wanted, especially the fruits. I wanted to try different kind of food. Fruits. The fruits that you see in the movies. You know, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> yeah. oh my God, I see it. I want to try it. I want to try this. I want to try that. That was what I was going through through my mind. Like I want to try. I wanted to start speaking English more than anything. Do you know what I mean? For me, I can I can hear what they're saying, but have no idea. Especially the Australian accent. Forget it. Nah, because what we learn yeah. back home is American British English, English right? It's not. Yeah. Actually, so that that you know the struggle the first struggle or the first impression i had about australia is like wow it's all full of white people no black people what do we do now what do, what are we going to do that was the first impression i had it's like um i think the reason why i had that i just remember my my auntie's husband he googled it before we came here he's <laughs> like oh you're going to an, a country he literally showed us aboriginal you know the, or, the original australians mm-hmm. he's like oh it's not katamadalam you're going to this you know that does you know i'm like why would unchr take us to a place where it's no different than africa that was going africa. to africa yeah 
like why am I living you know why what's the point so once I got here to see everything being a kid you were gullible you believed everything that you were told there to met up it's like completely different and that was 20 years ago so the, the ATM card everything I'm like oh my god what is this do you know what I mean uh, those are the things that impressed me about in Australia it was like completely yeah. different you know what I mean um, yeah. <clears throat> so yeah I think that that is the impression I had but thinking about being new in the country let me ask you what was your biggest struggle as a new Habesha young boy in America at that time now you're getting into the serious and main question Ah, so I would say, I mean, one, I was like you, there was nobody really I could relate to. And to be honest, I'm sure now there might be a lot of people, you know, that could relate to my story and what I went through in life. But at the time, there was no one. There was no, like, there were people, but I couldn't call them. I was new and they were living in a different state. Yeah. And like I said, and you know, where we were from, consistently you're waiting your turn to leave that place and come to what wherever you're going. It's about so, your luck, you know. Sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. Can we just make it clear to everyone where, where I came from? Every time? Yeah. Can you elaborate a little bit where you actually came from? I was going to make him wait. I, I, understand. I, I understand. I was going to make him wait. <laughs> just for them okay. you know they can yeah. pinpoint you know yeah they can follow your story okay so uh basically you know when i introduced to myself earlier i said there was a little bit of twist so for me uh back when i was living back home i lost my parents as a child i was very young i was about five or six i lost basically my whole family except you know uncles and brothers but uh then I had to end up in the street then you know you go through the process of the street and then I ended up with God's you know given chance I ended up in an orphanage uh, I don't know if any of you knows it but it's called it's a Catholic church and also Catholic school also an orphanage so uh, I grew up there and there like there were um, per se there were a lot of kids there was mm-hmm. even when I was there we were about 300 mm-hmm. and mind you even prior uh, prior me getting in there there were others they were just leaving some of them getting older getting kicked out some of them just leaving every like in every direction you, you could think of it wasn't just America it wasn't just Australia it wasn't just London it's everywhere in the world so we were getting adopted so our prayer our first prayer every morning was to leave that place to leave outside of the country and never return yeah there was no thinking of returning mm. for us you know uh you gotta understand like uh, a lot of people know like they say oh why would you why would you want you want to turn return you know but at the moment at that time we were looked over we were look we were looked down on we were frowned upon so there was no return we never cared so it's like 
we we already had our mind so our mental so broken we just wanted to leave so you know fast forward after you know getting adopted so when i say in this uh live when i say my parents my parents are white so I was adopted and also when I said I know everybody was expecting that oh my Ethi- my sister is Ethiopian yeah she is Ethiopian and she was adopted from a different orphanage it's called Leila House in Ethiopia but she was adopted three years prior me getting here yeah. so they had experience my parents had experience of adopting from Ethiopia so that's when my mom learned how to cook doro and how to cook Ethiopian food yeah. so that's you know where the story is coming from <clears throat> so going um going back to like you know coming here and uh, having that like you know just being a habasha boy like diaspora like i guess out you know the whole uh, diaspora situation yeah. but like you know i i was i'll tell you guys what made it so hard i was in that between like i was in that middle age becoming a teenager mm-hmm. uh, like you know as a young a young kid right i was yep. in that between so i knew what i went through especially in ethiopia when you go through you just don't forget you don't act yep. like a kid anymore yep you know the way you act the way you move is different so i like when i got there when i got like to virginia you know i knew i had friends but i didn't know yep. where they were so there was no phone there was no mail there was nothing I could really even if there was I didn't know how to operate those kind of things. Yeah. You know, so to me it was very difficult because one I didn't see any Ethiopians. I know people think when I said Virginia, oh they are Ethiopians. No, not Richmond, Virginia. No, yeah. it's um, a majority of uh, African Americans and uh, whites. So it was like like that made me miserable, I'll tell you. Like to make it quite simple, it made me really miserable yeah because two things one just from the personal reason the fact that i have to call these two people mom and dad i already knew my mom my dad not so much back home but i already knew my mom yeah. and you know when it comes down to her i don't i do not tolerate anything absolutely anything yeah so like i will turn into this evil person if you say anything i don't matter like no nothing yeah. so right so when you have a kid with that kind of feeling yeah and someone else is trying to help him and also they want to remind you you should be grateful not yeah. understanding where you came from that's the worst feeling you want to burst out yeah yeah i was i as a kid believe it or not i was this little short kid but i was also a leader of a pack <laughs> let's not talk about heights okay but <laughs> but i was a leader of a pack you know that's yeah. what like really makes it so hard back home i was like this feisty kid who fought every day at school and i had my own pack so when i say fight we're gonna go fight you know at school yeah. we're beating the hell out of kid 20 kids against one right so yeah. we're doing those kind of stuff so you come here 
it's like someone is telling you oh i'm your mom i'm your dad and you have to do this you have yeah. to do that how could i yeah. like i'm not used to people telling me what to do yeah you know i was my own person i was my own uh leader so kind of like one not having the people that i want like to speak the language and and i wasn't good at english we were we were like we were learning so when the chance comes and the orphanage gets that message oh this kid is about to get adopted he got a family then that english like you try to practice that english she will tell you like the nan that was raising us will tell us you know to practice but yeah. you know hi how, how are you you know the uh, yeah. stomach is hungry menamenu nati lela menem yelu kagaba wala alanagrishu yeah again but that's how it works you know yeah <laughs> but that like so to me i was lost actually yeah you know i was i was really really lost and uh, t- they really thought like you know school the school would have helped i became the same me when i was in ethiopia meaning when i was in ethiopia i had this de- uh, defense mechanism You say something to me, the first thing is going to go fly. This first thing I'm going to do is my head will be flying into your nose. That's it. <laughs> Literally. So, yep. you know, it, it was so built for so long. Even though you I was in an environment that I could fix everything with just a dialogue, that wasn't yeah. it. That wasn't it. my head or my fist comes first before i say anything i d- i used to not talk to anybody so it was like you get used to like you know that's how it was that's how like in ethiopia like you know somebody says something to you like especially for us we had yeah. to earn that respect so we need yeah. we needed to be feared because like and like i was going to a private school right and you yeah. guys could imagine going into a private school with people that are have a little bit of money yeah you're like a second class citizen <laughs> so with this like with a fist and a fight you become the first class <laughs> with them <laughs> yeah so it was like because you're feared right so that's what i wanted to implement when i got here i didn't yeah. want anybody to mess with me i just wanted to go to school and i just didn't want anybody like i want to deal with because yeah. i didn't have that like i didn't have that comfort yeah so i'm like basically alone sorry to say it, but i was like a lone soldier trying to survive in an environment you go in everybody speaks same language except you mm-hmm. because you wouldn't you wouldn't recognize anyone else different speaking a different language you know there were yeah spanish kids uh, mexicans and stuff but they had people speaking they were speaking with Yeah. I felt so lonely. I felt so miserable. I started becoming more angrier, angrier and angrier and just that anger developed so much to yeah. the point where I could not control it. So that's how I felt. Like it kind of built this hatred, this anger and depression, anxiety, any like anything you could think of that is bad. Yeah. I had it inside me. That was it at like for age, me the first experience age. of it yeah at that age because i was going through so much even when i was you know back home you know yeah. here i am a kid who lost his parents who's coming to america for a better future 
But then I was hit with a language barrier, a different culture, different mom and dad, um, different brothers and sisters. And it was just so like, you know, the school, like uh, I didn't go out to play soccer. You know, the one thing that made me forget the pain I was in, that was taken away from me when I got here. Yeah. You know, that that fun part, like, even as you guys remember, like, when we were kids, we go outside of our door, and here we are, all of us, in the street, right? We yeah. didn't have that. When you go out on the street, it's quiet, dead. Kids don't play outside in the street. Kids play inside their home video games. I still hate video games. At this age, I still hate video games. I do not like video games. Don't be angry at the video games. The video games gonna be I was, No. <laughs> I was so angry. Like I hated everything about it. Like I hated everything about America. Yeah. Like because you know, one, the food was like I said, you know, the food started my first experience. The school made the second like and the worst experience of it. Yeah. So to me being a, a like you know, Havisha kid that came to at that age. It just like I said, I think somebody said it in the comments. That was the worst age to come to America. And when you're carrying so much burden, when you're carrying so much pain at that age, and and I feel for those who actually came at the same age as me, as I feel like it's better like when you come uh, like look younger than eight or so, I think it's better because you could adapt quickly. As a child, yeah. you could just play with everybody. You don't care about language or anything. Yeah. Yeah, but back then, you know, for me, I feel like, like, like I said, it was one of the worst experiences that I had. Uh, just starting to have. Yeah. You know, like uh, it didn't get any better on even after past that. It was just the like you know middle school. I was uh, I believe in sixth grade when I you know I started. Yeah. And the experience was not pleasant to me. So that first team, as a Habesha way at that age in the United States, is one of the worst experiences, I would say. Do I have any positives? Hard to say. There was so little, it was hard to yeah. see. You know, could that have been, you know, a switch of things for me? I don't know. I don't know because I didn't have help to make me recognize certain things. You know, yeah. I was my, like I said, like I was built to be my own man, to yeah. be my own person. So yeah. really like, even if you come a long way, to, like, you know, along to teach me certain things at that age, yeah. trust me, it would have been hell and I would have hated you for it. Trying to, you know, so I would say trying to change me. No, I, yeah. I like, I would tell you, I would be honest with you. I hated uh, America. At the same time, I hated Ethiopia. I never wanted to go back. So, yeah. for me, as being in the same um, environment, literally trying to survive, right? Yeah. So, it's like, again, like saying, I, I felt like the lone soldier is basically, you know, I was a soldier there trying to yeah. survive. I was, again, I was just put in a different location. Yep. So, uh, returning back was not uh, crossing my mind. Yeah. So I was, you know, I was just that same. No, I wouldn't say same because I was not miserable there. I had fun. <laughs> you know, here That's I was just true. miserable. Yeah. yeah, like regardless of what we go through in Ethiopia, there is this happiness that comes from uh, just being surrounded by 
people like us you know yeah. and but here i didn't know anybody i didn't speak the language my brothers uh you know they were young younger than me i was the i'm the oldest in the family and it was just nothing really made it like you know it just nothing made yeah. it so comfortable to stay that's that um it is, How is it like here for me um the biggest struggle for me was not being mispopular anymore i was mispopular so, back in ethiopia i was like that you know miscongeniality kind of personality <laughs> at school that everybody knew that everybody was my friend that you know everybody i knew was my friend as well at school i was known from principal until kindergarten everyone knew me so losing that and not being able to create to have new friends and being able to tell them how i feel that was the biggest struggle for me it's like i felt so empty like no matter what i did no matter where i went it just not even um going to school i i was put in this school where you have to do high school and learn english at the same time so everyone that is there doesn't even speak english they even have friends so you all have to you know get those little englishes that you know hello how are you you know yeah. all these you know like natabtabi natabtab english yallahan agatatma you have to make friends with that and that is the biggest struggle and on top of that it's like i am a nobody anymore i am not you know I, can't, i don't have a control of everybody i'm not fighting every friday because i used to fight every friday if i see you bullying someone friday there's a fight happening on friday afternoon it's it's known you know agazian abroñe tamaraso bemulu yaqalu i used to fight if i don't like people bullying somebody i don't care who you are i don't care how big you are i will punch you on your face on friday afternoon that's it that's how it goes down so losing that was a biggest problem for me that was i'm like okay what do i do now i am no longer that you know famous people, in a sense yeah. you know like i'm not that person that was so important to everybody everybody came to me with their problems nazi ichili jaschegerechi nazi ihelij misayen bellabi nazi ihelij doctor all that drama that i used to think wasn't that much even playing soccer with the boys back home you know lunch lunch break in melfo cosich i was no here like i literally had no one like i'm stuck here with my sister and my two brothers and then at that time you are already in a new country you just want to hate people you just want to kill people it's like leave me the hell alone and it's just a uh, it that was a bigger struggle for me yeah. and then on top of that to add the language yes to make it worse you are in australia how are you so tbal how old are you yetbalki yemesel seriously that that is a that is a real real experience how are you tbalen i you know i am 16 year old bilen yemelesni bet gize no but it is it is a very fun experience that was a biggest struggle um besides the struggle my next question is going to be is it's kind of similar kind of question but the culture shock Oof. Oh, God. Uh, what was the culture shock that you experienced and 
how did you manage it? How did you manage to cope with it? Like, you know, the culture shock that you had? Yeah. What was the biggest I w- I one? Was, I'll tell you, like, it just the biggest one, like I told you, the biggest one is not being able to spend time after school with my friends. Like, I don't see people being so uh, close. Yeah. To me, that took everything away from me. I'm a people's yeah, person. Yeah. I'm like, like let, let me give you this picture, okay? You live for with 300 kids for 78 years. Wow. Okay? Yeah. You're playing every day. You're studying together. You're brother and sister. You're eating together. You're having a yep. fight together. Yeah. Right? You come here. It's literally dead. It's like basically... Um, like... It was like, you know, take me out of that 300 group and just drop. Yeah. And I'm in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. So that, what that created in my head is just an emotional breakdown. Just, I could feel my heart was so broken. I could feel I was empty inside. Just full of anger and depression and full of this just this eagerness to literally tear everything apart right so that like to me like from a three like you know having that family oriented uh feeling inside the orphanage yeah and even in our country that you didn't even need to be inside the orphanage jesus like you go out on the street like you know when we used to do listro I used to do listro yeah. right like that's the fun part like taxi like it was fun I know it was stealing but hey I was in Lisro, but I was Bakolo Shach, so I know that feeling of running around with that people, yeah. so I know that feeling. Yeah. You know, when people are not willing to pay after we clean their shoes, we literally used to take off and run with their one single shoes, one single pair of shoes. We used to run. You know, you create, you, the, all those things could play in your head. Yeah. Right? Thinking of those, I used to smile. But it kind of switches off when I'm reminded that I'm here. Yeah. So it's like, you know, you go forward, you come back, you go forward, you come back, you go forward, you come back. So that's, it just made me so anxious and so dead inside. Yeah. Because it's like, you know, somebody's giving you new food to eat when you're so hungry and then they take it back before you take that first bite, when you're ready to take yeah. that first bite. Right. So it was like that. So that that, that was it. Like, and uh, to, uh, I'm sorry to say this, but I didn't cope with it for a long time. I didn't know how. I, did, I, I had zero guidance. Yeah. But, you know, one thing I had that uh, my parents did good was putting me in a club for soccer. You know, that was it. That kind of gave me... We had practice every day. I had a school, you know, we had practice every day. So when I went, I felt alive when I went to the field. Not at school, but when I went to the club and to practice and stuff, I had about two hours every day, right? That's basically how I was coping with it. So having that soccer feeling, you know, everybody know, like, you know, when you're a new kid, 
and you're good at what you do. Not every white kid wanna be your friend. And like yeah. everybody that then I start getting that feeling like you know when I was in Ethiopia like you know I was good at soccer I was good at fighting so I had friends. Yeah. I didn't care I was you know I was making friends based on like you know what I'm good at but you know you survive. But yeah. that that was one thing I was able to cope with with my uh, like you know culture shock and stuff. It's not even like you can't even call it cope coping with because it was just like you're forgetting for moments. Like you know, four hours or so, but yeah. that is still like it created a little bit of happiness to me, not to harm myself. Yep. You know, like I I always think of like you know, what if I had that two hours just by myself inside a room? I always think of it because at that time I was, to be honest, like this is gonna like. The good thing is, like you know, I'm not scared to share what like my experience was. Yeah. So during that time, you know, that that would be what my second year, third year in the United States. I was I was ready to take it out. Like I was ready to go. I was ready to meet my maker. Like I said, I'm done. Like I can't I can't stay. Like because at the same time I was fighting with my parents. You know, like I said, I I did not like anyone that says I'm your mom or like you know she's like your mom and no I don't don't give me that yeah. I knew my mom I knew what she was and she's gone yeah. I'm okay with it like at the time I thought I accepted it yeah. so it was like that like you know and I was I was ready like I said what is the point of it yeah because I was so ha- like you know when I was there I was so happy when you're gonna go to America but like you come here like nothing is like what you expected or what you what you heard of so like i said when i was back home it was already built up but i was able to cope with it by like spending time with people like me yeah so regardless how your parents die you had 300 people that their parents died their parents were hiv positive things like that so they ended up there so we all had something going on with our parents right so that's we have something common so you get along and but inside you because even inside the orphanage in ethiopia remember mental health actually now it's getting noticed a little bit not even as much as we want to but just a little bit right so we didn't have the balls to go out say somebody hey like talk to me We, we didn't even know what that meant yeah we didn't even know to go talk about your problems. Yeah. It's like you go out, you play soccer, you forget about it. You want to satellite, it hits you. And then yeah. you kind of go like in that you corner that you like. You sit and you think. But inside you, like one thing I didn't know, like I, I didn't know it was building up inside. Yep. The trauma building up. Yep. At that moment, I realized... Like when I said I was ready, like after I got in a fight with my mom, and until uh, police start on him, and now yeah. I was I was I lost it. I I really lost it. That like um, I don't know how to explain this, but it just like. You know, at that age, to feel like you had nothing left, 
Jesus Christ. Now I think about it, I was like, you know, I don't know how I came out of it. Maybe I do. And, you know, I would share what I have done. But uh, you kind of question, was that actually enough for me to get out of that kind of mental uh, state, state of mind? I don't know. But it might be gods, it might be my mom following me everywhere I go. But that's how it was. And so that culture shock coming here made it just worse. Yeah. It's just like not having, not having that little thing you enjoy the most is to love with friends and family. Even yeah. if you see like families, like I don't know if any of you have been adopted or like lived with uh, white people. Dinner time. Kids, dinner is ready. Literally, grab your food, freaking go to your room and eat like while watching TV and playing video games. What kind of shit is that? Like yeah. for once, eat together, laugh together. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. What is so family about this? Yeah. So that's also that I guess we could include that in a culture shock. There was no that yeah. togetherness to eat, you know, like have a feast together, and that that just made me even worse inside. So kind of, it wasn't getting easier. It was just getting worse. That's why I said like it just made me feel like I, I was ready to go. I was like I was not ready to return back home, so I was ready to meet my maker. I said join my mother. I, I was okay with it. And I, I felt like that was at the time that was a decision I would have never regretted. Because I had this high hopes that I'm gonna meet my mom. That was it. Wow. And um, out of this misery, I prefer that. So how did you cope with that feeling though that you had? So with that feeling, like it continued, I would say it continued for a long time. For yeah. uh, you know, uh, and then here we go, another one. Let me hit you with another one. And don't assume that I feel like I don't want you guys to think like I'm here like to get sympathy out of you guys i don't i don't feel bad for me like i am like you look at me like i'm able to talk about it today so just yeah. keep that in mind when i'm sharing this story with you guys so to make it worse for me my parents here got divorced so you could like so you could think Basically, I was left again. I was left alone, like with nothing. Yeah. Because, mind you, okay. So even though, like, I didn't, like, you know, I wasn't ready to call a man in that. It still gave me a little bit of comfort, the fact that there is someone looking out for me. Yeah. I wasn't in the streets anymore. Yeah. All right. There was a a little bit sense of family. You know, besides, you know, the whole cultural differences and stuff, you, you will feel that. Like, you'll feel that someone has you back. Yeah. Right? But when that happened, I was done. I was like, I don't know. Like, even like, you know, they actually came to us, came to the kids and said, oh, uh, you know, we're getting divorced. I said, what is what does divorce mean? <laughs> and guys, I wasn't acting dumb. I didn't know what it was. I didn't. I said, what is divorce? <laughs> and they're like, oh, we're going to live separately. I said, but you guys are husband and wife. Yeah. Why would you live separately? She's like, no, my dad was like, no, we're like, 
we're done being husband and wife and yeah. she's gonna you know she's gonna stay here with the kid that's uh, like um with uh my brothers and uh sister yeah and he's like if you you have that choice too if you want to you kind of stay with her or if you don't you can come with me yeah i said yeah where are we going he's like new york uh new york his parents live my grandmother my favorite of all time i love her to death um what i remembered when he said in new york was my best friend hailey yep uh, like a lot of people say like we look exactly like and we used to use that to our advantage when we were in a school back home so <laughs> everybody used to think we were alike so we did some dumb stuff but you know then that clicked in my head yeah i said yes new york we're going to new york yeah <laughs> so you know we moved to new york to study and then You know, I got his number and everything. I called him. I said, "Hi, I'm in New York." He's like, "Oh, where in New York?" I said, "First, we moved to upstate New York, so Albany, New York, if you guys know it." And he's like, "Oh, I live in Syracuse." I'm like, "Where is it?" I said, "Syracuse, Yetna." Where is Syracuse? <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, Yetna and Tallinn." I was like, "Oh, like I live in uh, Albany." I said, "Like my grandmother." And he's like, "Oh, it's like three hours." I'm like, "Jesus Christ, I can't yeah. win." I'm like, "This is another three hours. I don't drive." I was like, "What? Fourteen, fifteen?" Yeah, shit, I'm done. And then, <laughs> so that like, I was done with eighth grade. Though I was going to high school, so a new high school. So it didn't really that move didn't make any change. So high school yeah. when you go to high school, sometimes you get lucky enough to move up with your classmates. But for me, didn't make didn't make much difference. Yeah. Right. So my uh, my grandmother, you know, she raised her kids basically the way we were raised. She's a very family oriented person. She had her own struggles and things like that. Her their come ups was great. Like I could relate. Like old school, old school stuff. Yeah, old yeah. school. Yeah, I could relate to their come ups. So it's yeah. really great. So when uh, I moved with her that summer, that summer we started getting along. Believe it or not, we start talking. Yeah. Like that was the first person I felt so like connected to. Yeah. She had person you guys going to be surprised with this. She had that motherly and then uh, sense like yeah you know you it, it just like the way she opened up was different yeah i would say like because i i could see a comment saying what was the turning point i think in a way i would say that was the turning point for me to get along with someone to call my yeah. own okay yeah. to feel that i have someone okay i could go to someone right then i ended up in high school then the high school like you know uh, there was a tryout for soccer i tried out i made the i was a a ninth grader playing with seniors so i, I made the varsity team which was you know the biggest one in the uh, like in the school so i was getting along like i was making friends even though they were making fun of my accent i did not care yeah. but i was okay with it 
because I, I knew the oh. word F U too. So I would say that <laughs> like I never cared. Yep. <laughs> if you mistaken me for to be weak, like I get on your face. So that didn't change. Yeah. You know, I, as we were going, my then me and my dad, like you know, my dad bought a house and we, we started living together. And that was a new for him too. That was new yeah. for me. That was new for him. So I, until that point, I used to think me and dad used to get along. But then, you know how sometimes people say living with your wife is different than before you get married. <laughs> you had to go there, didn't you? You had to go there, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of. They said it's. A, I'm not saying it's bad. It's a lot of work. They said. I All don't right. know what, but I will find out soon. But. <laughs> um, yep. You know, but like, so we kind of like. I think uh, to be per se not to talk about his business, but I think he was going through it to the divorce, you know that. Yeah. And I had this pain that hasn't left yet, my sister. Yeah. So, you see, I thought we got along because I didn't see him as much because he was working a lot. You know, when we were in Virginia, he was working a lot. I mean, he was working as much, but when he came home, I saw him. When I wake up in the morning to go to school, I saw him. We talk and things like that. Yep. Right. So like. It can't. It got worse. My yeah. anger, like, took the everything away from me. Like, like it, when I say everything, it just my anger took a different toll. Yeah. Because here you go, uh, like you know, a single father trying to raise a teenager with so much pain, and he didn't know how to help me. Yeah. Because I, as a child. He had his own issue, like you know. Then that's personal. That's my dad's story. Yeah. But you know, they had to go through struggles. Yeah. So they never had that guidance. Yeah. To be a uh, father to a teen, he was old, like he was young. Believe it or not, guys. When I was 15, my dad was like 30, 31, 32. Whoa. So he was yeah. young too. Yeah. So I'm half of his age. So at the time. Like, destroyed the house, made it look like, you know, when you leave a dog, like, 
what they do with your couch. <laughs> But that's, that's <laughs> yep. That's literally what I did. I destroyed the house like it was nothing. And wow. I was basically, you know, I did. I had a rope. I made a rope out of my shoelaces. I was ready to risk it all. But then I had my mom's picture right on my that's the only thing by the way that's the only thing I didn't destroy. I had it in a frame. I still have it with the same frame back then. So that was set right next to her I put the rope. I was trying to think of like a good reason why I should, I should do it. Wow. I and shouldn't be laughing. But it's just like for no, you to sit there and actually just even have that state of mind where you ha- yeah. what is my good reason to do this? Like you were to actually do this, yeah. sensible enough that you were aware what you were doing. It requires a reason why you are doing it. Uh-huh. And I expected the picture to speak to me saying come home. Literally, that's what. I, literally, at that age, that's what I was expecting. She's. I thought she was gonna say, "Come to me." Yeah. And I was like, then I left the house, and it was about 3 p.m. in the afternoon, 4 p.m. Uh, I returned. My grandma was by the door. Uh, my aunt was by the door. I think about four cops. They were looking for me everywhere. I was at my friend's house. I was hiding. He knew what was going on. I was hiding. But um, so I, when I got to the house, it was like four cops. Mind you, to me, cops, wh- whoever you were, like uh, you didn't mean shit to me back then. Yeah. And so they were trying to like you know question me. I said, "Who are you?" Oh, yeah. we're the police. So it's like almost menagaba type of stuff, like you know. Yeah. I don't care who you are. Oh, you yeah. destroyed the property. I said, "It's my house." Yeah. He's like, oh, this is your dad's house. And uh, I said, did my dad call you? He said, no. Uh, I'm like, then where? why are you here? And he's like, no, your dad want, uh, want us to look for you. He was worried about you. And then the minute I start getting, uh, you know, very aggressive with them. And then they're like, they were to ask him, you know, like a question. Like, so... This was not, so by the, uh, like, I'm telling you, the question that asked him was revealed to me years later by my grandmother. Okay. Okay. What was the question? So the question that asked him was, I was very aggressive, not mentally stable. And if they wanted to take me to a psych uh, facility wow. or medic, like to kind of get medication, psych medication. He said, fuck you and leave my property. He's home. I told you to find him, but he's home. He came home leave. Wow. And then that was it. So after, you know, that was never revealed to me, but I saw them just, you know, coming out of the house after the sp- speaking to him. I was standing outside with my grandmother. I was cussing at him. So, you know, with my grandmother, I was smacked around. Yeah. So when I cussed at him, I said, fuck you, dad. I was smacked. She's like, not <laughs> yeah. in my house. She's like, you do not say that. Yeah. 
to be honest guys like so that smack on the face made me even more closer to her i didn't feel like an abuse yeah i felt like someone cared enough to shut me up nobody ever done that yeah and you already know like i would not put my hands on my grandmother like you know if, uh, someone else i feel like if that was my dad like i would have yeah with that rage i have inside me i would have because i was looking for someone to take it out and i blamed yeah. him for it yeah so you know and then at a certain point like after that like you know that life is start getting better like as uh, the school opened the high school yeah. like kids start coming to my house requesting for me so the town has put up this like oh you know this great soccer player is in town and like you know go welcome him in like like guy like ladies man they came to the house like hey fred my name is this my name is that like i go to your school will be same grade and will be the same teammates and like you know and that way they came to my house like i felt actually great yeah and then i told my dad i wouldn't live with my grandmother and he was okay with it grandma was okay with it so we so the turn like to me one of like okay i am living okay i said that when like the whole school opened freshman year mm. so i still i have what i had inside me but for that like it helped a lot like to have friends actually to yeah get out like you know just after school and like be but like we had um a waterfall by our my house and everybody lived close to each other so that same feeling came back like from me here like you know when after school you just sit down and talk and yeah some, yeah yeah it gave me something to look forward to after school after practice yeah and it's like you know people will give me a ride and say oh we're gonna grab after class or after practice they say we're gonna grab something to eat you want to come yeah you know yeah we start doing that and living with my grandmother and talking to her was one of the best things because she starts revealing stories about dad about her kid and by the way she uh, like she's a phenomenal woman honestly like one of the best women i have ever encountered and you know i want you know each i wish each woman could be like her to have patience and to deal with what she dealt with when even after you know raising her own kids with the struggle and me entering with a different culture different mindset Yeah. I was like but she like she took care of me so nicely. Yeah. Like a smoothly like because even therapists couldn't do it. Like I'm a person who said fuck you to a therapist and left in the middle of a session. Wow. Because she pissed me off. The fact that she sits there and she's like, "Okay, so what happened next?" I'm like, "No, fuck you. I'm not saying shit. I left." Yeah. That's all I said. And you know, my dad will tell you that. And so like my ma my grandmother was everything like therapist grandmother mother like no are you surprised mom. i said yeah. mother yeah i was the only one yeah because she kind of you know she started revealing her story yeah like how she grew up how she raised her kids so i felt like me and my grandmother being able to speak every sunday morning you know we had all week but sunday we never escaped it coffee breakfast and talk she opens up i open up she opens up she has to open up first for me to open up 
little by little day by day like that like basically my heart is start opening up to her so she built that bridge for me like just basically to say it's okay yeah you know the pain and stuff and you know she has lost a, a dear husband to her like once she loved like dear, very dearly yeah so that kind of related to me losing my mom and you know having that like those thoughts going through yeah so that was i think that was the turning point moving with her was would have been like the biggest biggest turn and it just we connected at a different level we still are connected like more than i'm connected to any of my family members yeah but it just like she was the turning point i would say nothing else but she nothing like a, she was the turning point to me, to you my life so that yeah. would have been the biggest yeah yeah i think my key said um i think because she she connected with you on your level and she experienced loss as well yeah that's what i was yeah. about to say i think for me hearing um for her to be a, a turning point from all of that what you were going through you needed someone that had the experience of losing someone they love so much and that understands yeah. the pain of losing someone you love and understanding of the struggle growing up as a kid you know um, yeah. opening up and then the fact that she trusted you enough to open up about her story yeah like, i can trust her and the fact that she cared enough as you said smack you around say no one day that is not right don't do it that showed yeah. you that she cared because if your mom was around that's what she would have done as when you're a parent when you care so much sometimes you act out in a certain way to show them you actually care about that and um so your grandma was i feel like she had the whole package of what you yes. were thinking as growing yes. up yes everywhere yes. that you were thinking and you couldn't find it finally it's a blessing in disguise your parents to be working i know it's a sad thing but it was it wasn't it's a blessing that. in disguise you live. yes you mm-hmm. wouldn't go with your grandmother yeah you know no, i mean? would tell you i would have ended up in jail if that never happened if i was still in yeah. virginia virginia yeah. i would say it's the most racist state i have ever been yeah and i would like really i had trouble like i broke a kid's nose when i was there Yeah. And if I continued with that like I would have uh end up in jail. Or even, you know, I I used to give my grandma this excuse. You see like I was so stubborn to let go of the pain. Sometimes yeah. I don't know guys, like I don't know how, if anybody could relate, but sometimes you get obsessed with being in pain. It kills you inside, but you you bec- like I was I was okay with it for no, some think- odd reason. Yeah because uh, you know nobody was nobody was willing to fuck with me. Yeah. You know or like you know fuck power. around. It gave yeah. me power like you know to outburst whenever you say something stupid. So you yeah. know when my grandma my grandma is like she would laugh now. Uh you know she would uh, she would give me the experience right? her uh, like you know she lost this and that. but grandma like you were older okay like no i don't have a mom to grow up with 
like you were older when you lost your husband you guys are old yeah and but she had a way to make me believe that it was okay yeah and you know the same advice came each sunday she is like you always cried looking at her pictures yeah she's like that giving you purpose she's like start writing start talking to her with writing she's like oh my i said when she said right right i'm like yeah. what the mail is going to get to uh, is going to go to heaven and she's like yeah go ahead write it on your computer on your paper go ahead i'll deliver it myself that's how she was so you know i was writing since um yeah. 2011 I even right to this day i'm writing yeah so you know she's also the one that motivated me to start writing Guys, I didn't know writing could make you so feel like feel so good. Like let everything out on paper. That's some unexpected to me. It's like yeah. talking to a paper. And you lay it out. And you know, I I'll, I'll tell her, "Hey grandma, so this I I talk to like I tell her like, you know, every Sunday throughout the week I would write on Sunday. She she would say like, "Oh, what did you write about?" Yeah. You see the trick she's playing? She's asking me to write it. So she asked me what I wrote about. Then we talk about that. And then I bring up a subject, right? Well, you know, I talked about like the orphanage experience and stuff. And then she starts talking. You know, so what was it like in the orphanage? That was her yeah. trick in the bag. Like I right now it's like this I'm realizing after everything passed, right? Yeah. I'm realizing like she was letting me open up in my own way. Yeah. Like by letting me write first, then let me speak to her about it, like letting it out to someone. Yeah. So that was the trick she was playing and I was really happy and open. And I wasn't feeling any soreness inside like I wasn't feeling anything like I was it was naturally came like flowing every Sunday. Yeah. So every Sunday there was a different story, there was a different chapter. Yeah. And so it was it was a blessing to have her. I think uh, I would say as far as uh, the university I think she saved me, I would say. I think uh, really she she really saved me and made me become a better man than I would I think I would have ever turned out to. Yeah, I think we see that. So we credit to that, her. I I don't think we would have been sitting here and having this conversation if oh, it wasn't So, no. Everybody, mm-hmm. love heart, red love heart, purple heart, whatever it is to your grandma. What's your grandma's name? Pasco, uh, pa- Pasco. Patricia. Pat. Patricia. Thank you Patricia for not wanting him to kill us every time he talks to us. <laughs> Because if it wasn't for her, I don't think we would have been having this conversation. No, no, we wouldn't. And the person that always gives you a hard time in the DMs, whatever you post. Yeah. I think you would have flown out to Australia and would have told me. Because oh, I'm yeah. always teasing you and giving you a hard time. Seriously. Wow, I don't even know what to say after that. That that is like full on. Um Yeah, I I'm lost for words. Like that experience, I think we can all relate in a sense where we all burst out as a teenager yeah we all need that guidance that you know need you 
to tell you it's okay. It's going to be okay. I think that's what you have. Yeah. Making making everything sound normal. It's okay to lose someone you love. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to go trash your whole entire home. She made it sound normal. She made it sound okay. I think having that, I think that's what we are looking for as a teenager. For you to make mistakes and for someone to hug you, still tell you, I love you. It's okay. Everything is going to be okay. We got this. We're going to take care of this together. We're going to handle this together. Yeah. And that is something every young person, regardless of what the gender is, we all go through it. And that is sometimes when it's unsolved, when it's the issue, like the fact that you are in a different place, you are in a different state of mind because it helped you get out of it quickly. Yeah. I think if you reached 20, 21, 22, it would have been, I think, a little too late. It would have been, yeah. Not only, you could have, you could have come out of it, but, um, for example, for me, because I didn't have that, it has led me to have anxiety and depression at this age yeah. now, because it came out later on. Instead of having someone to help me deal with it then and there, and help me yeah. understand that I was feeling what I was going through, um, instead of me opening up to somebody and telling them, this is what's going on, this is what has happened to me, and at least you had that, exp- that you, you can express your feelings by destroying the house, by yelling at someone, by punching someone, somehow you let it, you let them see you are in pain. Does that make sense? But the yeah, fact that definitely. I didn't have that, that's what makes a yeah. difference. You, I didn't, me, didn't but at the end of the day, I never opened up. I'm never aggressive at home. I'm never physical. Yeah can hear me yell but that's it and then at the end 30 minutes later i'll tell myself it's fine don't worry about it no one cares about it forget it move on i'm i'll come back as new what i didn't know is it builds up yes it comes out later on in life and it comes back and bites you in the ass it comes out the worst way and when it hits you you don't even know what you are feeling because it's not even something the reason why you should be feeling that way it's not even the same thing that oh i'm angry about it no it's the whole different thing that happened 10 20 years ago that comes back as a trauma now and you don't even know that is what is making you feel that way so you feel lost and confused it's like why am i making a big deal about spilled milk that is not the reason why i'm acting this way and it took a while for me to understand what I'm going through is actually a trauma. What I'm going through is actually anxiety. What I'm actually going through is depression. To use those words and have it understanding in my mind, to sit there and tell Nati, you are fucked. Get over it. No, I had to tell myself, you're going through this and how are you going to deal with it? And as you said, for me, therapy, I'm going to sit there for, I feel like it's a job interview. Like it's yep. the biggest, I, I recommend it to everybody, when it, but when it comes to myself, 
this for me is a big therapy because yeah. I can relate. I can talk to you and I can open up. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But it is yeah. so hard to find, even if I was going to go through therapy, which I recommend for everyone, if they can find that someone that they have comfortable enough to do the therapy, I recommend it 110%. As a Habisha community, we not hold it's okay to go through therapy. It is okay. It's not going to work for everybody, but it might work for some people. You know what I mean? But it's best to deal with it when you know there is something wrong than wait later on in life because it will catch up and it will surprise you in an unexpected way and be like, hey, there's these boxes that you haven't dealt with and it's full of crap. Sort it out now. And it doesn't give you just one box. It gives you the whole box the past however many years that you've been dragging it. It's like, Tasabi, any like that is your mental state of mind that brings it yeah. and it on you and you be like okay how do i get out of it and you're not going to understand what i'm saying because it's not going to make sense to you but people we always find someone that we feel comfortable enough to open up but at the same time you feel like oh am i going to be a burden am i going to be it's not just always telling you oh one day i feel this 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 i feel this 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 finally i've learned to accept what i feel and what i'm going through and to open up it doesn't matter what it is find someone and just say it or find someone that is going through something that can force me to tell them what i went through so in that way, I am helping myself and helping that person who I am talking to about the experience. Like for me, that is my therapy. That is my way of, okay, I need to turn it. So the whole reason why we are here today is I think to change that. It's like, oh, you feel something, you want to do something about it? Do you talk to someone? Trust me, everyone has a story. Everyone has something that they can relate to you, even yeah. though you think that there is nothing that they can relate to you and let you say, Oh, no. always something that you will always have something in common. It doesn't matter who you are or where you come from. Your, your, your example, your grandma, but yeah. you had something in common, you had something that you can relate to that helped you get you know close the gap that you had so much yeah but he made you see the picture why you were the way you were why yeah. you were acting the way you were acting you know what i mean so all yeah. of that through your grandma that was your therapy oh yeah no that's oof. i don't know i don't know like i don't want to imagine life her not being in it because that could lead up to a different a different story today. So, yeah. Yeah, um, there's so many comments I have missed out. I've been talking too much. What are you looking at? I can't, um, I don't know if I can catch up. If I can catch up. Uh, okay. Um, what do we have here? Okay. 
if you guys have questions because there's so much comments i can't go through i'm focused on talking to him and i'm not reading anybody's comment put in the question mark box so at the end we can go through it and then we can discuss it as well so please use the question mark box to put your comments so it keeps it there for me when i click it it's all in order and we can go through it um but yes thank you for everybody that is tuned in with um our guest one day sharing his experience um living in a different country or being a diaspora what it means and what the struggles were as a young person and the struggle that he faced and how he managed and how he coped with it and um yeah so the next question i was about to ask you um it says the biggest mistake but i don't think it's a mistake or someone said what's your biggest regret i don't think it's a regret as well so, what's so the you got <laughs> don't judge me by far okay, no, judgment judge here. no judgment no judgment here, here. judgment free right. so what is your biggest no. made by far by far um so i had uh when i was in high school i had uh, scholarships uh to play soccer. Yep, uh, I know that story. Yep. And I had about 11 scholarships. Yep. I left. I didn't, you know, I saw the mails, emails, everything. Didn't matter to me. Uh It's not a regret, but I I I feel like no look looking back, it's not a regret, but at the time I like, you know, But let me tell you guys, even though everything was good, like I was starting to open up. Uh there are certain things in your life that you had to deal with by your own and accept things for who they what they are. Right? So my grandma was there to help me see that bridge, see that light. There's there is that light at the end of the tunnel. Yep. I was just in the middle. I was I was not there yet. Yep. She got me there. She got me there. in the middle of it. So yep. there was once I graduated high school it was time for me to continue that road. You know like yep. to make sure I look straight forward and fi- find that light for myself. So uh, throughout high school I knew all where where all my friends were. We kept in touch, you know, we start talking because videos were like on the news. My videos were on the news and friends start seeing it and reach out, reaching out to me and stuff. And by the way, like uh, not to brag, but uh, I was a, I was the star boy, you know, in New York. So like I was on newspapers, you know, news channels and like for soccer, the sports channels and for those kind of stuff. So when... Uh, After graduation I had this scholarships and stuff I left. Like I didn't want to go to school. I didn't want to stay in New York. I wanted to find my own path. So I knew where my friends were living and most of them were living in Washington state. Yeah. So we kind of connected and say let's uh, move in together. You know, everybody said okay. Six of us moved in together. But I had uh I kind of had a bad habit. Uh I used to drink. drink a lot I used to smoke and 
so that started like you know to trying to cope with my problems yeah even like you know like i said even high school like i was doing that but i never showed it like and let me tell you guys this uh, for me it wasn't about like oh like you know i'm i'm high school and like i'm grown and i'm drinking i'm smoking no, yeah. it wasn't that so and it, it never really occurred to me for people to see me drink or smoke especially yeah. they saw me drinking but they never saw me uh, smoking maybe one friend that i trusted very well and that was it so when i moved here that continued it didn't stop for a while so like when the regrets or like how i don't want to say i guess i do like i'll be honest with you i do regret it i do regret it because um you know i i have always wanted to become this professional soccer player i had a dream and i honestly i will tell you honestly i could have become one i think with the heart and desire that i had i could have become uh, a professional soccer player yeah and to allow those uh, you know scholarship pass by me that was the biggest mistake and biggest regret i do regret it absolutely yes i do regret it and but again like you know i'm glad i'm here i'm glad i find my own way to deal my problems and yeah. you know like i will i wouldn't be able to sit here and speak to you if i chosen that scholarship and you know go out because mind you like when that distraction comes you forget who you are sometimes and what you're dealing with eventually that anger that personality might come out right in the middle of the field yep and even playing in high school playing for a club sometimes it came out there was a time that i had batted a, a referee and got suspended yeah. for a year not to play soccer for a year in a state in the state of washington mm. and so there are those kind of things and that happened and i regret it i also think it's one of the blessings that i have passed away and it just you know it, it was a learning experience and yeah. i have become an opportunist right now i have grown to be an opportunist when opportunity comes you know and i analyze it and if i have to go for it i will go for it and you know being in the fitness like i got into fitness when i was about 23 yeah so that would be another turning point for me to drop everything and become who i am today like this person who's speaking to you came from after 23 like so this is about 5 years ago i'm 28 now and this is like this this person you see right here is a, like basically a whole i guess a, a whole 10 15 years of work but the whole change came in the last 5 years so it's still i'm still working on me like not not nowhere near where i want to be but you know uh, like i i do i'm truly i do believe i'm like and you know second chances in life yeah and that's why i said i'm an opportunist and when that comes like you don't need to hesitate because seeing what i have seen i yeah. don't think any any anything worse could happen to me i think i have seen the worst of it to be honest that's how i feel right now i've seen the worst of it i've seen you know now i know how to stay calm now i know how to like you know talk to people actually help people and things yeah. like that so getting into fitness uh, has become a turning point for my regrets 
So I kind of subsided with something else, basically. You yeah. know, and instead of playing, you know, soccer, even though I wanted to be a professional, but now I have become personal trainer and yeah. a professional, like a pro, that's my profession now. And I also yeah. work with, you know, mentally disabled people and I'm able to connect and help them out, understand them and stuff, you know. Yeah. And I, I, I give credit to God and, you know, like I said, my grandmother that, you know, that taught me like a- anybody could be understood. They just need to find the right people to actually speak to and um, you know discuss yeah. this kind of be vulnerable to people and yeah. I, I'm not one that I you know that I shies away being like you know vulnerable I don't I had nothing to hide there's nothing you could hold against me so that's me yeah. that's why I always tell people do not ever feel sympathy when you hear my story but feel rewarded because you're able to hear it and maybe you're able to uh, learn from uh, from it and make sure like you always know you have a friend to talk to yeah. whenever you go through something so that's how it was like you know uh, I, yeah I do regret it but then and this time right now today yeah. I am more than happy with what I'm doing and you know that regret feeling is kind of subsided so yeah. I have found I have found something else to replace it with so I'm okay now very well said for me, I think the mistake and regret, um, there was a debate with um, the Rora team whether we should say mistake or regret. For me, there shouldn't be any regret in life. There's going to be mistakes made in life and we can learn from them. But regret for me, is like there's nothing I regret in life. There are mistakes that I've made that I'm not proud of, but I've learned something from them. I don't regret making those mistakes. So the way you said like whether you call what happened that experience losing all those scholarships is it a regret no you were young and you made those stupid mistakes in life that but you learned and you chose to go chase something is not far from there but in a better that actually helped you more find out who you are and help you develop as a as a person grow more and get connected to who you are more as well and um mine it's the same thing i think as a young person we all make that mistake mine is dropping out of school because i felt like that and in the like there's we've made an agreement me and school to never get along like that's it no no and dropping out of school is my biggest mistake that I've ever done. But did I learn something and change something about it? No. But I said, okay, not going to school is not going to stop me going and getting something. Great job. I don't need to have, you know, go to go to uni for you know five years to, to get a job what you have. So I had that go-getter kind of attitude. Like, I, I want it, I'm going to go get it. And I am the kind of person that learns. Uh, you show me something, I will never forget it for the rest of my life. I learn as I go. So that has been something that made me lazy. But now, having a daughter of my own, I want to say to her, it doesn't matter how old you are, it's never too late to go back to school. So now I'm thinking about, you know, going back to school and doing what I wanted to do as, you know, as a young person. 
I think that is the biggest mistake I did and it has taken a while for me to understand and say okay I should have done that maybe even though I don't need it in life but somehow in life going somewhere with that piece of paper makes you say I've done it but you don't even need it because now everywhere I go there is that requirement to finish high school yeah that, that just year 12 not uni not nothing that year 12 certificate means so much so every time I come across young people that are younger I always push them get your high school certificate I don't care whether you go to college I don't care whether you go to uni but once you you find yourself and you decide to go back to uni you have that paper that high school diploma means so much so I always tell young people don't be stupid I've made that mistake learn from me have that paper because once you go it's like now if I want to go back to college and uni I have to go back and do um, a year or two years subsided the high school thing combined together so I can get my high school certificate you know what I mean so all that for what just because I didn't want to stay in school for two years now I have to instead of spending two years doing something else and it always holds you back so that is my mistake that I've made and I'm, I'm not proud of but at the end of the day it's okay because it made me be a fighter and go get her I'm like no nah, I'm gonna prove it to you I don't need a paper to go get what I I am where I am today my job I have the most amazing job like you know I started with um, hand, handling jobs you know like like you know doing packaging whatever today 12 years later I'm a graphics designer I don't even have a paper and all of that it's all just because someone told me you can't do it you can't you can't get there without a paper I'm like no I'm gonna show you how I can get there without a paper I don't need you to tell me how I can get there now that I'm standing here I'm like okay god forbid if something is to happen I need something to fall onto so it yeah. makes you start thinking the next step so these are the things that make you like ah oh, okay now I understand why you need the paper finally you kept in you'll be like okay I understand I give in I need the paper so that is the biggest mistake very very good conversation that is actually my brother keep up the great work fam have a good night guys okay that's my little brother um one of my inspirations as well he's one of the geniuses one um lastly a question i think you've been through so much and you've learned so much you have so much knowledge about life yeah and about who you are now looking back at your younger self what advice would you give yourself Oof. keep going uh, yeah I think I would uh, like the only advice I would have is keep going because I guess in the different stages like you learn that um there is no handout. Not everybody is going to understand you. Not everybody is going to uh, can relate to your stories. Yep. And it is like it is tough. Like you know, like to actually look back and said, 
you know, I that's something I always uh, think about, like actually, uh, because like if I find a younger version of me some somewhere else, yes. you know, do I share my story or do I tell them like how I came out of it? And it's yeah. always it's always tough, like because the way people receive stories it's different for all of us. Yeah. So the one thing I would always say is like no matter regardless of what you go through. And it is life that we lose, we lose some, we win some, and but never stay down. Okay, you may not realize it, and I think all of like all of us that are in, in here and you know out uh, in other uh, places. But I would uh, like one thing I would tell people is like when we give people other people advice, we need to be very uh, cautious. Because sometimes our story takes over, and they like some people are not as, as strong as you are today. Yep. Because for some people it takes a longer time to heal. Yep. Let your like let let your thoughts be heard. Let them heal on their own time. Never leave their side. If you're gonna start. If you're going to start being on their side, stand until the end. Yep. The end is always priceless if you stuck with it. Yes. I'll tell you that much. Usually, you know, like a great example, like my grandmother, until to this day, I, I told you I'm 28. If I do not, if she does not get a call on a Sunday, I'm done. I get 10,000 missed calls. I get a text message. She's 78. I get a text message. All right? And it's a sweet, nice text message, okay? You know, I tell her, Grandma, I'm going through this. And by any means, going through something will never stop. Okay? Let alone your story that happened when you were younger and as you go, right? Going through some stuff, it just never stops. That's life. Accept it. To me, what helped me most, I think of my best day, past every day. Like, I'll tell you that much. And one of, like, my prime goals is to make sure I, I go back home and build a, a team of, like, this. To make sure, like, mental health exists. Mental, uh, you know, like, we never knew that, like, you know, depression, anxiety, things like that. Yeah. I always thought of them as a thought, right? When queen, I went and oh, what's going on? Like, oh, I'm thinking. But I was yeah. depressed and I was like, you know, I was in a rabbit hole. Yeah. And it took a whole lot to come out of that. So like, you know, for me, it, it means a great deal to make sure I go back home and create that environment for kids, especially kids on the street. And I know when I say kids on the street, a lot of people, you know, not only kids on the street go through. But then I have first-hand experience and that. You know, if we all stick into our field, trying to help, like, push that field and make some out of it to help others, trust me, because once you go on your lane and help someone and I go on my lane and help someone, we, there will be a time that bridge will come together. Yeah. All right? And this is comes from understanding each other's, dis, each, each other's differences. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So when that's why I said you have to be very cautious when you give someone advice. Yeah. Because your story, their story might line up, but the healing process, 
yours is going fast, hers is coming slow. So you want to be able to allow that difference to be the difference inside the middle of you. But like, be patient with people. And be patient with yourself too. If you are healing, if you're one of those people who are healing, be like, be patient. Yeah. Trust me. But don't, like, I guess it's hard to say don't allow yourself not to overthink. We always do. But accept it. Like, I would say, like, you know, uh, like you said, just the advice for my younger version, I would say just keep going, accept what it is. And, you know, stay, you know, stay humble. That whatever you're going through in life, uh, yeah. there is someone that's going through worse. You know, that always has to actually that that thing that always like will always reminisce in my head. Like, you know, yeah. whenever you think you're going through the worst, there is someone else, you know, that's even worse than you are. So yeah. at least I am, you know, today I am breathing. I am in a great place. I'm able to talk to people about, like, you know, I'm sitting here being vulnerable to people. To be at that stage in life, I don't know. I don't know how to explain that feeling. Like, I am, like, I'm yeah. f- truly a very happy person. Yeah. And I have happy people around me that drives me every day. Drive, like, I have people that understands my potential and, yeah. you know, keeps pushing me. So, you know, it's not a whole lot. It's not. Like, I'm telling you, like, I don't have a huge circle. I keep a very, very, like, throughout the years, it has become smaller and smaller. You know, the most important ones have been staying with me at the most important time. So those Mm -hmm. are the people that I'm going to go up with, regardless. But I don't have a right to look down on those who abandon me. No, absolutely zero rights. I have zero rights, though. Those who harmed me, those who did who like you know did harms harm shit like you know to abandon me to leave me whatever. It's not their mm. fault. They're also misunderstood. That's how I see it. Yeah. They are also misunderstood. So we just need to accept that. Like it's not always hate. Imagine some people when they leave, they, it's just like that means they cannot comprehend anymore what's going on around you around them. So they had to take that step out yeah. then always don't always look at it the negative one mm. so just keep pushing keep going and keep your small circle like a, a, a very small circle and you know see through it see it through like don't ever stop see it through you never know yeah. that's my advice to my younger version of me or you know if you are like I'm sure some of you are younger than me so I'm not, but I'm not sure where anybody is. Uh, well, I'm, 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 <laughs> okay, keep me shot. Huh? Mm? Okay. Okay. Um, what I was about to say is, um, it is beautifully said about reminding ourselves to keep going, to never stop. Do you know what I mean? And one of the things that you said and it resonated with me is, when giving advice to somebody else to be aware of what we say and yes. that is always what is in the back of my mind giving me anxiety most of the time when I'm giving you advice or if I open up to you and telling you my story look one day 
I know what you're going through, but I went through this and it took a while. And you think talking to me right now, you'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm good, I'm good. Trust me, you're going to come back to this feeling again. And it's okay to be in that place. Because a lot of people that I talk to, be like, oh my God, when am I going to get out of this? When am I going to get over this feeling? I just need it to be over and done. One day you're going to be fine. The next day you're not going to be fine. And it's okay to feel this way. It's okay for it to take one month, two months, or even a year. What matters is you moving yeah. forward. You're trying to improve what you were from yesterday. Today you are a better person. For other people that see you unhappy, depressed, and everything, for them it might feel like oh, No. Don't think about that. Focus on what you're feeling and say it's okay to go being happy up here mood and then find yourself down low again it is going to happen because if as you said life will happen it's a life it's a circle we everything is gonna keep going to happen to us you know what i mean for me looking back um what i would tell the young Nancy, i i would tell her it's not gonna be the same what she's thinking at that age, what she's going through, I want to tell her it's okay. You will be okay. Because not knowing what things are going to be, at that moment, what you feel, you just want to hug yourself. You want to hug that person, that young self that felt lonely, that felt um, everything was against her, that felt like you are just a nobody. You don't matter to somebody. You know what I mean? But looking back at it now, I want to tell her eventually you're going to be, you're going to matter to someone. You're going to be somebody's inspiration. You're going to be somebody's that looks up to you. For example, for me, I'm a mother. Someone asked me that changed me for better. 110%. If it wasn't for her, I don't think I would be the way I am today. It changed me. Like I always been this fearless tomboy. Don't give a fuck about nobody. I do what I need to do. So that it on its own, being Habesha girl and having that kind of attitude, it makes you feel isolated. But I had my own way of coping. I was this loud, crazy girl. I was coping with it. I'm like, I'm, like, I'm fine. Because if you go, I'm gonna have another ten people that want this craziness around them. But having been a mother, all of that disappeared. And I was left alone. Like nobody that wants to be your friend anymore because you, you're not, they're not your priority anymore. Because I made everybody yeah. a priority. And that comes from growing up as a kid, wanting to be somebody something, wanting to be approved by somebody wanting to be accepted by people so you, you keep telling yourself you gotta act certain way you gotta do certain things to be in somebody's circle or to be a popular all of yeah. that matters nothing once you become a mother do you know what i mean once yeah. that is gone you are born again you have to start your life from zero you gotta you gotta figure out you know how to talk to yourself how to handle, how to be patient, how to 
sometimes you just want to go crazy it's not easy but at the same time you want to do what is best for the better because she is somebody that is going to look up to me see that is somebody yeah. that i want her to look at be like i want to be like my mother i want to be like you know she is going to look up to me so that i want to tell her that young nazi you're going to be fine you're going to have someone that is going to say to you i love you unconditionally that what that makes you feel like you are the world to them so having a child changes you for the better and i'm sure you're going to experience that in the future god willing you have that you know feeling that i'm feeling right now it is a different like being a parent changes you for forever and that is what i would tell my younger self is you are going to be okay you are going to be loved you are going to be somebody you know that fear that anxiety yeah. that you feeling at that moment it's just gizia winonji the like it i long eventually yeah. you're going to go out of it and then you're going to be somebody that matters to somebody <sighs> I, i i think i think that was a great like no nah, kudos to you i swear that's a great point and something else that you, uh, like kind of actually uh, i that stuck in my head is from what you said is uh, priorities i think you know people like us that uh, especially the diaspora that because uh, not everybody has a, a nice trip to america a nice trip to australia a nice trip to you know willingly but i yeah. think uh, most of us come with a struggle we experience yeah. a struggle and one thing i wanted to remind everybody is that like at times because we come from that background we come from not having a lot we yeah. feel like we're obligated to like when you become better if we feel like we're obligated to prior uh, take that priority someone else's priority as our own yeah and then you know while we're still in the healing process that's when it becomes a problem because mm-hmm. you always have to be your uh, first priority work yeah. on you then you could help someone to better themselves but usually we and we don't do it outside like you know to look good to it, it comes from that genuine place oh i've been in that place i don't want that kid to go through i don't want this girl to go through that but you're yeah. still in the healing process yeah do not let yourself go for someone else yeah but then that person you know someday will leave your side and you're going to regret that and you don't want to do that make sure you heal yourself and if you're not even healing make sure you keep yourself the first priority your yeah. family everything every like everything about you have to become the first priority before you go and do something else for someone yeah and the, the, i think us making like i said it comes from a genuine, a genuine place it comes it comes from the heart and we don't when you do those kind of things emotions take over yeah So you did, you don't think of yourself you think of that person like you want that person to be better and then you come yeah. back and deal with yourself later that's doing things backwards yeah yep then yep. in a way like you don't even know what kind of advice you gave that person yeah what if that person is at the same level as you hmm no you're helping someone to move forward you're helping yourself to go backward backward right so it's like I know in our community, you know, uh, mental health and things like that 
it literally doesn't exist and we have to make it known you know i mean whatever you are in this life whatever you live yeah please do not ever like you know be that person that actually wants to listen to somebody yeah like whatever the situation may be okay it's not um it doesn't we don't have to follow the stigma we don't have mm-hmm. to like I, I, like me basically I, i don't follow our culture in a certain ways there are certain cult- like uh, certain things in our culture that i don't follow i don't like i don't agree with and no one could change my mind about that yeah no one because i know where i stand in life and wh- how i want everything to be for me and for others as long as i don't harm anybody in the way of doing certain things yeah. i'm okay with doing it so be that person like you know just be the ear you don't need to respond yeah just to even to listen to a may mean something for somebody and trying to teach your uh, parents uh, you know trying to teach your family your sisters your brothers siblings that like mental health exists in our community too and we we go through a lot of shit and we also need help yep. you know just because we come out of a struggle it doesn't mean we don't need help you yep. need help to keep going to keep pushing and please remember yep. that like first make yourself your first priority not anyone else i'm sorry to say it someone may go through hell and back but if yep. you don't make yourself first that becomes a problem later on you're not going to be able to help as much people mm. so those are my yeah. words for you beautiful beautifully done um the way you put it because you just used our slogan You know, simultaneously, you just used it. We are here challenging the tradition. That's literally yeah. what Rora is trying to do, is challenge the tradition. And that's exactly what you said. Um, and that is one of the things is challenging tradition. Like you feel like something is not right, you use it in a way that it doesn't harm somebody else. But know that, no, that tradition does not work for me and I can't yeah. live with it. And it's okay to do that. That doesn't make you um, balage. That doesn't make you yeah. um, sid. Or that doesn't make you like, oh, bahlehen na wogehen matakabir. No. That means that you are aware of what is right and what is wrong and what is best for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think we're doing that. Um, just to end it, thank you everybody for staying with us. We had a very active audience today. Thank you very much. Um, we have a few questions here. Um, okay. That is a comment saying uh, much love and respect and grandma is your grandma is my grandma not only you her light is shining. That is a comment. Uh, thank you for being vulnerable it takes a lot of guts to do this. I was very emotional to hear your story what will be your voice okay the question is what will be your advice for anyone who is watching this to deal with their past trauma and to come out of it based on your personal experience wow okay that's a very good question um so we have um three questions okay. what will be your advice for someone who's watching this that is going through their past trauma and how to come out of it 
based your personal experience. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's hard. Like, for to be honest, it's hard to tell someone uh, to give someone an advice. Like, you know, this is how you come out of it. Because yeah. uh, uh, depending on their experience and depending on their mental state, uh, state of mind, yeah. and to me, uh, like, I'll tell you guys this: uh, I'm not, you know, I'm not promoting anything because I'm a fitness person. But I'll tell you, like, since the starting fitness, I have found myself. It has helped me to read. It ha- like, and for the exp- the experience part, like, write, please write, write. It's not a diary. Yeah. Have a book, write. Write what you feel. Write your story. Writing, you would feel like you're letting it out. And you know, it's like you also connect with your story, and that layout. When you see the story laying out, okay, how do I go from here? There is a question of how do I go from here. Yeah. You know, but so my uh, my advice is the first one is right. Yeah. Second one is get into some sort of uh, I don't know if you guys like meditation. I love meditation. Yeah. Uh, one of the like it, it is hard to achieve but one of the best ways to actually deal with and that like meditation and all that that came after me getting into fitness yeah even though i i got into fitness for the wrong reasons you know it has become my way of life yeah and it, it helps it helps uh, forget like i'm not talking about as far as fitness i'm not talking about bodybuilding things like that just coping with yourself to go in that movement because that's an area like most places you go to a gym, it's a no judgment zone. Mm. You see different types of people. Yeah. You know one thing you will never find out? You could see how they look. You could see someone is overweight. You could see someone is obese. You could see someone is skinny. You could see someone is big as fuck, masculine as fuck. One thing you will never know in that place is what's in their head. Assume everybody's working on that thing that you're working on because they're going through shit. Then you have people like you without talking, but they're working on themselves. Sometimes words don't mean shit. Sometimes you just need your own space where you feel like you're on your own person. Lift the weights, you know, do whatever you need to do. You're racing against yourself. You're racing against your past. To me, whenever I lift, I go against my past. This is who I was. This is who I am now. I'm moving forward. So usually, yeah. not a lot of people might see it this way. The way I look at uh, yeah. lifting and you know exercising, but yeah. that's how I yeah. that's how I compete with my past. I'm gonna beat yeah. it. That's how it is. Like so, I have two of methods. You know, usually like writing, but no, most of the time for the past year. The past five years, it's been lifting, just you know, uh, doing exercise. Like, and it helps yeah. you to call, like kind of get with other people. Like, you know, have the that conversation and stuff. But you put that headphone in, whatever music that motivates you, or whatever mod, uh, song that lets your heart beat. Put that song on, and go to like a gym, exercise, 
I'm telling you, like some stress comes out of with your sweats. So it's like yeah. finding that, like you know, finding that whatever. Like it might not be exercise, okay? It might be going like hiking, things like that. But in a place where you're able to think freshly, don't go to the same environment. You know, that same. Just like sometimes the environment we choose makes it or breaks it for us. You know, it just and yeah. like I said, it's not always about sharing your story. Sometimes it's like finding you first. So like find a, a, an area or a place that where you feel yourself and yes, sit yeah. there right. Yeah, sit there right. If, if it's the, the gym, like I said, that's one place I have figured out that every yes. mentally everybody's going through something, but yeah. the only thing you're gonna see is physical. Yeah. You may think, oh, she's here to lose weight. You may think she's here to gain weight. You may think he's here to build muscle. But one thing for sure you will never find out is what it's in their head. Why the reason, the real reason why they're... Everything that you think of that person is assumption. Everything they're going to think of you is an assumption because they don't know what's going on here. So you are there to work on this. So that's what I would say. Just find some somewhere where you belong, where you feel like you belong. Yeah. And it's hard sometimes to find that. It's a work in progress. True. That's a, that's a very good point. Um, if I could add about trauma. I think the biggest achievement is knowing that you have actually childhood trauma. Once you know that you have it. Yes. It, it becomes easy to navigate through it and then how to deal with it. Um, yeah. I didn't know I had a childhood trauma until a year, a year and a half ago. And I've been struggling with it because that pain that you went through as a child, as a kid, it's in the back of your head. You don't know it is there. You know it's there, but you don't know how bad it is until you actually have to face that triggers the trauma. Because once you understand you've been, you you went through a trauma as a child, and once you know that, and you know there's triggers, the things that happen in life that triggers the trauma to come to service and make you feel some type of way, which is called anxiety. It's all linked together. So once, for me, um, once you know that you have a trauma, talk to yourself and see if you can find a way to help yourself deal with it for example for you it was the working out going to the gym um, back in the days it used to be the same thing when i'm angry when i sweat i, I become so happy there's something about sweating you know what i mean but i've been struggling the past a year and a half to cope with it it's just like there's this so much trauma and it becomes as i said and there's a it becomes too much. It's like, okay, how do I cope with it? How do I deal with it? And everyone's going to have a different way of dealing with trauma. Um, I try and recommend people, if you think you're comfortable talking to someone with trauma, professional help, help is the best advice I can give, depending on what kind of trauma it is. First of all, figure out what the trauma is, what your triggers are. If you can avoid the trigger point, you can live with your trauma. 
because I think the trigger is what you know keeps bringing the trauma, yeah, making you feel like I can't live with this feeling anymore. Um, but if you think that you can't avoid it and you have to face your trauma over and over again, I recommend professional help that can help you navigate on how to get out of that trauma. And as a Habitshop community, we need to make it normalized to go seek to talk to therapists. For you, it doesn't work. For me, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. It might work, but if I find someone that I can feel like I, it's my friend that I'm talking to that doesn't make me sit there and be like, oh, I'm going to ask you a few questions and answer me that I don't want it to sound like it's an interview. Inter- you know yeah. I mean? um, so if you know the trauma and how big it is, maybe your trauma can be solved with just having a conversation with me. It's like, oh, without you even telling me that you're going through a trauma with what I'm telling you with my experience, you'd be like, oh, that is what I went through and how I, I dealt with how I was feeling about it. Let's see, did that, let me try it. Maybe it will work for you, maybe it might not work for you, but at least you know what it is. Just know what the trauma is. That is what I can give advice to that person is navigate how big of a problem that trauma is in your life. Yeah. If it's a very, very big thing that is happening to me, if it is something that you can't come out of it by just, you know, talking to yourself, meditating or something, seek a professional help. Trust me, that is the best thing you can do is seek professional help. It's okay to open up to a therapist. It's okay to talk to somebody what you're going through. And it needs to be normalized in our Habesha community specialist. And um, to... What was the other part that she said was... Um, yeah, the only way you can come out of it is by talking about it, by addressing and acknowledging there is a problem with it. That is the only way you can come out of it. Yeah, that's a great point. If you're telling yourself, oh, no, nah, I'm okay, I'm fine, I'm fine, you yeah, you know, like if you keep hiding it, yeah. I'm never okay. If you have a trauma, especially childhood trauma, we all need to deal with it. Some we all have something that we go through in life as growing up as kids. Doesn't matter how time everyone has something that something in their life. And it's okay. Just remember that trauma doesn't change who you are. You are in a better place where you understand what you're going through and then figure out, okay, this is the problem. I know what the problem is. Okay, let me go find help. It pushes you to seek help. That way you can come out of it. And find someone that you can with to talk about. Just have a conversation. That helps for me. At the moment, that's how I'm dealing no, with that's, that's, that's really a I great point. Yeah. yeah. To actually, like, you know, admit that you have a trauma. I think that's a great, great point. Like, because, I mean... You know, how would you know it's a trauma if you don't recognize it yourself? No one yeah. can help you. First, you have to recognize it. So that's a great point. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, I think we have one last question. What are the traditions we need to change regarding our mental health? Oof. The whole thing. Yep. I feel like we don't know shit. Like, you know? This is what pisses me off. Like, I'm sorry to say it, but 
if you uh, like if any of you have went back to Ethiopia anytime uh, like in, in recent years or recent months I've been there like I can't I just came back two months ago okay I mean I've seen like I've like uh, my job usually when I go to Ethiopia I don't go for vacation I usually do you know projects and uh, help kids and stuff so usually I visit new orphanages every time and uh, you know I, I was pleased to see like there was you know mentally disabled kids you know have a place actually not not so much but have a place to go to or like you know they have to be kids but the older ones that are on the street it's not like okay let's put a men, uh, men, the mentally disabled let's put it aside okay that's a different story that's a different subject for another time when it comes down yeah. to mental like yeah. you know i'm like i'm one of those people who's not scared like to actually sit down and talk to people on the street and which a lot of people fear that because the way they react and things like that yeah and some people like because the way they look they're considered crazy abduch budabal twachonu what budabal twachonu yeah they're going through shit there is no budabal twachonu way uh, and is even when you come to the states kagzabir yetatallach kagzabir yetatalla you got americanized you got westernized like wadamlak selamataino yeah has nothing to do with those kind of things i go to church i used to go to church i still pray i still go through shit i am a human that's how we were built yeah. we are humans and we go through shit and we need to start accepting that and the, our generation especially it really pisses me off to hear it from our generation about attention felgano attention felgono Nah, man, if you really truly sit down with people and hear what they go through, your story don't mean shit. You forget you. Sometimes it scares me to actually sit down with people and talk to them. Yeah. And the reason is this, because I know how I dealt with it. And it always, I'm always grateful to be at this point in my life, but it's always like you get scared. Like that's why i said earlier like you we have to be so cautious how we present ourselves to that person yeah and in our culture is like if i see somebody struggle <laughs> yeah america me to struggle yaragal undi yeah men social security allo ilal and what the fuck what the fuck does that mean yeah because you have social security it's not because you're not grateful you're going through shit it's life it's called life given the circumstances that's what's going on in our country what's going on around the world sometimes we care too much it puts us in that mental health state we care so much it puts us in that mental depression yeah so we need to be okay with like some people having like you know mental issue mental illness if we cannot help let's shut the fuck up we don't need to attack that person Yeah. Let someone else who's willing to help help. Yeah. But do not ever close the chapter saying it doesn't exist. It does exist. Yeah. But then I'll tell you guys, it's our job. This kind of conversation is a start. 
But one thing I have always said when it comes down to projects, things like that, these are very, very big subjects. Let's not leave it at talks, just just talks. Like, let's go out and help. If we have the chance, let's go out and help. You go back home, make sure you, you will sense it. I guarantee you, you will see people on the street, you will sense it when people are going through shit. And there are so many people yeah. that is going, but you will be able to see the difference. Is it mental health? Is it just like, you know, just, you know, mm. not having what they need or not, not having what they want, you know? Yeah. You will be able to, like, if you're a genuine person, uh, care, and someone who's been through what we're talking about, yeah, I think you will be able to see. But let's, let us be the ones changing that, though. Let us be the one. Yeah. Like, uh, trying to make sure you are able to withstand because it's not going to come easy when you talk about this when you start preaching now you know when you trying to make certain things big and when you trying to preach about this yeah there are some people that come against you but make sure you are strong enough to withstand and no matter what like i'm gonna keep going this is my goal i want to accomplish it i want to help people i want to help our people and make sure we keep going and uh, like I really, I truly hope that, and that, you know, as we go and we're able to help a lot of people and make it a normal thing. Okay, we, they go through. If we, like I said, if we cannot help, we will shut up about it. You know, unless someone yeah. who's able to help. So let us be. I would say, let us be the reasons. Let us be the starters of the conversation, which you guys already have. So this group, I would say, support. The Aurora group. Like, it's a great platform. Yeah. Like, literally, like, here, here you go. Like, I'm looking at my time. Like, I didn't, hey, I remember, like, you're still paying me for the extra hours. But, you know, to wait, like, you know what I mean? Like, to wake up at 5 o'clock. Why do you have to tell them I bribed you to come here? Why do you have to? <laughs> I wake up at 5 a.m., you know, to have this conversation. And it's one of the most blessed conversations, you know. That's a way to start my Sunday, you know. So it's, like, really great, like, to actually to yeah. know that there are people out there trying to find a solution for our what we think is not normal, you know, what we believe should be normal. So it's a great thing, you know, like two hours and 25 minutes. Jesus. And like, I'm, you know, I mean, like, you know, no, but like, you know, you have to understand, like, there is so much to talk about. There is so much, you know, this is a great conversation. We did not waste it. It's not a wasted conversation. So remember, everyone that's been inside this group, you've been following, you've been following this uh, conversation. Like, I, I, I honestly... I hope you guys believe that like you haven't wasted your time and you have some like you got some out of this conversation and i hope to get in touch with everybody that's on here and keep going this conversation make sure we support this group and let us keep let us keep going truly beautifully said um if i was to add anything to that question um it will be just like Talking, like that's how we can change the tradition. Is um, asking, "Are you okay?" Like for me, I started paying attention to people's. It's as simple as thing. We are on Instagram, going through people's posts every day. But how many of us do we pay attention to what that person is posting and say, "Are you okay?" 
Yeah. Does that make sense? It takes you that simple question to text someone say, "Are you okay?" Just from what they post. Trust me, ask that question. I I challenge you, 14 people that are following here. Next time that whoever it is that you're following, whether you know them, whether you don't know them, when you're going through someone's story and you see something that you know talks about stress or chinkat, are you okay? I promise you the response you get. Some people are just waiting for someone to ask them that question, are you okay? So for them to just bleh, let it all out mm-hmm. on you. But it doesn't mean that you, you, you're a therapist. It doesn't mean that you're somebody. But they just all they need is someone to ask them, are you okay? What is wrong? So my advice is if we're going to change the tradition about mental health, most of the time we express it in a different way. Like when I see someone posting, for me it's like, I don't care whether I've spoken to that person or not. I would text them. Are you okay? What's wrong? Is everything okay? These are the things that I use. And then I make it open to that person whenever they feel like they need someone to talk to. They have someone who does the The thing about talking to strangers, asking them if they're okay, that stranger is going to feel comfortable enough to feel like she doesn't know me. She's not going to judge me. So I'm just going to tell her what I'm feeling. Because at the end of the day, they can block me tomorrow and not feel like someone that knows my story that I opened up to is going to be in my life. Yeah. That is the beauty of the social media that we have. That you can just have a text message to talk to someone. As you say, um, we all are going through something. Yeah. The, the way we can break the cycle, the traditional cycle, is to address it, talk about it. And when someone says, Oh, Zari de Brunya, Zari Kabdunyan, it is a Dukakam. Kamalet? Listen. Seriously, that's what people do. Like, no, it is that a Dukakam. Dukakshin is a Kalinata Belashabin. That's the vibe in Atagadeu. Don't kill my vibe. Oh, I'm not feeling all good today. I feel, you know, man, no, you just want to kill our vibe. You just ruin my day. No, ask them why are you okay? So that we should make it normal to do that instead of saying, Oh, you're always feeling this. And it's okay for if they're always feeling that way, there's nothing you can do about it. They're always gonna feel that way. If you can't be strong enough to be around that person, help them go through that, you know, make them feel okay, make them come out of it. Why are you even in that person's life? Yeah. So I yeah, think by talking about it, this is how we're going to change the tradition. Um, but thank you so much for everyone that joined us. Um, yeah. We yeah. weren't planning to stay for two and a half hours of conversation. But yeah, um, thank you for being my first guest. Thank you for no, making... No problem. I'm, I'm getting paid, right? I'm going to put so you in front you of so those people. They, 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 hey, don't change the subject. They know I'm getting paid. <laughs> say my, my closing segment can i say no. what i need to say let, let you i will let you mention my payment first before you go before you do anything else i want these people to hear how much i'm getting paid so thank you everyone for joining us thank you for being with us for exactly two hours and 30 minutes with us <laughs> thank you so much 
for those of you that have actually taken part and our next program is going to be on August 1st if I'm not mistaken um, that will be our third episode here uh, we are on Spotify anywhere that there is podcast with it just look for Sambet with Rora Sambet Miss Rora and that ep- the, um, the podcast will have regular shows coming through um, we have our YouTube that will be connected whatever we talked about here will be on YouTube and it will be on our Aurora as well so for today I know a lot of you have been asking to join the live show it is I didn't accept it because we have a setup that is connected to our podcast so that is the only reason why I couldn't accept the requests I see them coming I saw you Kiki I'm so sorry I couldn't add you but next time we will organize it where I have to record yours that is linked that is the only reason why i haven't accepted anybody that had the same kind of story like you that wanted yeah. to join i couldn't add them because we had this special setup that was setup, connected yeah. to our podcast and to our live show so i'm so sorry for everybody that i didn't accept i didn't add you Kiki, i'm so sorry and Thank you, Kikia. Yes, this is the reason why we're doing it. Um, she said, Nate, I've been dealing with mental health and more for years. Thank you for speaking. Yes. So we will create more platforms where everyone can come and um, discuss your experience. That, like, at the end of the day, no matter what you go through life, the foundation is up here. Yeah. We're trying to make it okay to talk about it and to say it's okay if it's not okay. Um, so with that, I'll leave you guys. And thank you so much for joining. Thank you, Wande. Um, oh, no problem. We will definitely bring you back because I feel like this is unfinished business that we have here. We will no, I'm definitely. I will definitely, I'll definitely be back on the, you know. But uh, yes. for now, I just want to say thank you to everybody that tuned in. And uh, I've seen same people commenting. And so, like, I'm guessing all these people have been with us since the beginning of it. Uh, yep. And so, like, it's really, like, it means a lot. Like, you know, I didn't expect to be this long. I didn't expect this much interaction. Because, yep. I, as I told you, it's, like, what, no 7.30 a.m. But we started 5 a.m. in my time. So yeah. I didn't expect this much interaction this early and I'm wide awake for some odd reason. So, which is a blessing, you know, that means it was okay. a genuine conversation. Thank you very much. This is, and this is the problem. That's, that's the side of <laughs> Yes. And but as, thank you guys for tuning in. Please do DM us. Anybody that has a story that wants to talk about that thinks that, um, believes that we should address it and we should talk about it. Please do DM Sambat Misrora. The link, the um, our just go follow Sambat Sambat Misrora. That our Instagram page. That will be more where we can um, have the DMs that come through and have them saved. Where we can create topics every week where we can discuss and have some of you as guests where you can join us and have a discussion live like this where you feel comfortable enough to open up be vulnerable and that is one of the things that i want to make it normal is earlier you said you've been vulnerable yeah we don't do that usually we want to act tough like no no i'm not i'm not that kind of person but it's okay to be vulnerable it's okay to open up 
So thank you so much, everybody, for joining us. Oh, before we leave, I want to say thank the, you to um, you. Oh, uh, you were I expecting. You were I was going to ask, ask money, huh? Yeah. <laughs> you see what I'm dealing with. But no, 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 Nancy, and you and your team. Like I know some of you are in here. I'm seeing the comments. So, uh, no, I, I really want to thank you guys for bringing this up. Really, it means a whole lot because uh, I know a lot of people that deal with it, including myself. And we've been so quiet about it because we were misunderstood. And now it's a place to be understood. And a, a start of something, I would say, a start of something great. And if anything, you know, if you need guys need anything, you know where to find me, you know how to find me. You know, my social media, usually I answer questions. So my social media is always open to people, like anything fitness, anything life related. It doesn't have to be fitness. Uh, so I just want to say thank you to you and your team. Literally keep going and let's make it happen. Let's make it big. Let's continue each time. Like, you know, I hope everyone, you know, are, uh, you know, don't feel not good enough to come out and speak on a live thing. Like I'm bad at doing live. I don't usually do. But if it's with people I can have conversation with, I do. Because I'm not that per se. If, but there is someone I could insult right in front of me. It's okay. I have yeah. her. So it's okay. <laughs> but I just want to say thank you guys. No, literally. Uh, the team, yeah. you, and everyone that tuned in, thank you so much. And please, uh, let's keep it going. And let's not be strangers to each other. Thank you. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Yes, and everybody go follow one day. If you guys live in the States and want advice on um, improving on yourself, working out, and how he, he came out of it, I'm sure he's generous enough to give you guys guidance on where to go and how to go about yeah. it. If you are around him, he's a personal trainer, you want to work out with him, you want to see his schedules, DM him talk to him let's support each other let's be there for each other so in that let me say peace out thank you good guys you. have a good day good have a good night uh, have yes. a good evening wherever you live yep have a blessed one light and love bye all right bye